This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. Good to see you today. God bless you. One of the highlights of my week is to worship with you here on Sunday morning. So thank God we got people that love Jesus that lead our praise and worship. We can applaud all of them. Thank you for serving everybody today. If you need a Bible, once you get your hand up real high and our ushers would put the Word of God in your hand. Once you get the Word of God, go with me to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy 31. Uh, we're still navigating here through the fear of the Lord and we are getting close. Then I'm going to go into a different side of fear, uh, the fear of intimidation a little bit in the next coming weeks. But, you know, uh, as you're turning there and getting a Bible on Thursday morning, me and Shelly listened to a, a podcast, and part of it was just a wake-up call to the church that in the history of the church, more people are leaving Christianity than ever before, and more ministers are leading, leaving the church than ever before, and part of it, I believe, is when I heard this, that for many years, we taught the love of God, the love of God, the love of God, which there's nothing wrong with the love of God, but there's got to be a balance between the love of God and the, uh, the fear of God. And the fear of God has been like this, I believe. And so many times when we hear the love of God, we think, well, God loves me and I can live however I want. That's not true. So as we go to Deuteronomy here, I, I want to just rewind just a little bit with your thoughts here to help us focus. Anybody ever have a problem focus? I have to tell myself all the time, focus, focus. Lord, help me to focus, focus. You have that problem, Pat? I do. I mean, I can see, stand here worshiping God. Next thing I can be, I can be at a Friday night football game. I'm like, how'd I get there? Focus, focus, focus. I'm gonna help you focus a little bit. The man of God, Solomon, in, in Ecclesiastes, all through Ecclesiastes, he gets to the last chapter, Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13, and he said, here's the conclusion. Fear God and obey his commandments. And I've said this verse over and over throughout the time in this series, and I believe at the end of his life, he had regret. I, I believe he's looking at the, weir, uh, the rear view wind of life, the rear view mirror of life and saying, I, I have regret. I, I wish I could do over again, but I can't. And so his ending words to me and you was just fear God and obey him. And life will be so much smoother. Not easier, but smoother, okay? So we go to the book of Deuteronomy here in chapter 31. And when you get to the end of Deuteronomy, he has a series of farewell addresses to believers or the Israelites. And it's like a plea from Moses, obey God, just obey God. So Deuteronomy 31 verse 11, and he said, when all of Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God in the place he chooses, not in the place I choose, but in the place he chooses, you shall read this law before all Israel in their hearing. You'll read the book of instruction in their hearing. Now, if you'll notice, he said, when all of Israel comes together. 
So he's telling us right there that this was for everybody in Israel. You need to hear the word of God. Verse 12. Gather the people together, men and women and little one, and the stranger or the foreigner who is within your gates, that they may hear and that they may learn to fear the Lord your God. Now it's interesting here that Moses in this farewell address says, you got to hear the word of God, but he said, in the hearing of the word of God, you'll learn. You'll learn what it means to fear God, to reverence God, to stand in awe of God. But he doesn't stop there. Right after he says, you'll learn the fear of God, he says, and. What's the last part of and? And carefully observe all the words of this law. Carefully observe the word of God. Carefully. And so as I read that, again, it lines up with what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes 12. We've heard this over and over. But when it talks about to carefully observe the word of God, the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the analogy was there that as bread or food is to the physical body, the word of God is to the spirit of man. And so I'm thinking about what Jesus said there. And any time in our lives that we lose our appetite, why do we lose our appetite? Usually I lose a, a loss of appetite because I'm not feeling well. And the longer I go without that appetite, the weaker and the weaker I get physically. But think about this spiritually. Without a spiritual appetite for the word of God, there's a sign that says, am I spiritually sick? And the longer I go without the word of God, the weaker and the weaker I become. Now, it's interesting that Moses said, and carefully observe the word of God. So let me ask you something. You got to look in your heart here, okay? How's your appetite? How's your appetite? Do I hunger for God? Do I hunger for the presence of God? Do I hunger for the word of God? Verse 13. And that their children who have not known it, and their children who have not known the fear of God and their children who have not known the word of God may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land which you crossed the Jordan to possess. So he's saying here that, that the fear of God and observing the word of God would not only impact you, but your children need to hear this. To learn the, the word of God and to learn the fear of God. So these are learned behaviors that come from the scripture and from the fear of God. So if my children aren't learning the fear of God and my children aren't learning the word of God, what's influencing your children? I can tell you what's influencing them right now. TikTok. TV. A culture that's way out of alignment with God. So if we're not going to teach our children to fear God and to observe the word of God, then the world will jump in real quick. The world will take our place. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. 
So can you imagine hearing Moses' farewell address in this? And so as Moses gets to the end, and I'm not going to have you go there, but in Deuteronomy 34, Moses lays hands on Joshua, and it says he laid hands on Joshua that the spirit of wisdom would come upon him. Now, in saying that, go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. So I believe through Moses, and you're going to see here in Joshua, that it's, it's our responsibility to get into the Word of God, but it's also our responsibility as parents. Spiritual parents, physical parents. We set the hearts of our children. And what I mean by that is we point them in the right direction. Again, you can't force them to do it, but we point them in the right direction. So now, Joshua's in charge. He's taken over. When we get here to the book of Joshua, Moses is gone. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe. And remember, this is the 12 tribes of Israel, which is representative of all of Jacob's sons. And command them, saying, now listen, command them. Don't, don't highly recommend this. He said, command them, saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Now, why would he tell them to have these memorial stones? Verse 6. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to say, What do these stones mean? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord... When it crossed over the Jordan and the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. An integral part of the way they live forever. Don't forget this is what he's saying. Now, I believe every one of us need to have some memorial stones before us. You know, I, I know there's people in here right now, if I ask them what was the day they got born again, they could tell me. Is that any of you? Could you tell me right now? Is there anybody in here that that's, I can tell you. I can tell you when I got, I knew Gary Bender would raise his hand. I knew that. Because it's a more memorial stone. There's certain things that are life that God does, I should never forget them. Now, same chapter. Let's go a little bit further here with Joshua. Verse 19. Now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month and they camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. This is the first time that they are literally walking in the promised land. The very first time. Verse 20. And these 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. So he brings the stones with him. And it's like, these are memorial stones. Don't you ever forget the day you got born again. Don't forget the day you got filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't forget. Think about in the natural things. Don't forget your anniversary. I'm speaking to some of you. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
birthdays. There's things that we just don't forget. And it's like this spiritual encounter. Don't you dare forget it. Verse 21. Then he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what are these stones? What do they mean? Then you shall let your children know saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. Keep reading. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you'd crossed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before all until we'd crossed over. So these monuments were visible reminders of the coming generations of the power of God. Don't forget. I believe with every one of us that we need to be able to tell our own story to our children, grandchildren, the day Jesus forgave me, the day I got born again, the day I got delivered. I mean, it, it's something that I believe we repeat over and over where you look and you tell your children, we're blessed because of the Lord Jesus. This is what God has done for us. And so let it be a continual reminder. But look what he says in verse 24. That all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord. The hand here that he's talking about means by which a work is accomplished. His authority being rescued. His hand is descriptive of deliverance and freedom. So he said, don't, don't forget the hand of the Lord. Now, one other thing that I got off of the hand, one of the Hebrew words for hand is a word called yada, Y-A-D-H, yada. The word yada literally means don't ever forget to lift your holy hands to God in prayer, praise. And praise God. Worship God. And he ends this verse here. And he says that it is mighty that you may fear the Lord your God forever. It's interesting that on these memorial stones that they took with them, he said the ultimate goal is that you will fear the Lord your God forever. I begin to look at these two great men of God, Moses and Joshua. And it's interesting, both of them highlighted over and over the fear of God. To reverence God. To worship God. To live for God. Now, I'm going to take you on a little journey here in these, these next few moments. And I held on to this passage here till the end. And so go with me to the book of Hosea, the prophet Hosea. And you may say, where is Hosea? Well, you'll go Ezekiel, then you'll go to Daniel, and then you'll go to the prophet Hosea. Hosea chapter number one is where we're going to be begin here on this. Now, when we get to the book of Hosea, Hosea's name means salvation and deliverance. He was a prophet of God. Now I don't know if you've ever spent much time in this. 
But this is a very, very interesting book of the Bible. So we're going to dissect it a little bit. To give you a little bit of understanding, we go to Hosea chapter 1, verse number 2. When the Lord began to speak by Hosea, the Lord said to Hosea, Go take yourself a wife of harlotry. So you can look at that and you think, did I read that correctly? Go marry yourself a prostitute. Now this is the Bible. And what is this signifying immediately? This was showing God's relationship with Israel. Now, right here, Hosea knew that this woman he would marry, her name was Gomer. He knew that she had a problem when he married her. He knew that. It's interesting that God says, go marry a prostitute. Keep reading. And children of harlotry. Just as the children of Israel were offspring of spiritual adulterous parents. Wow. Hmm. Keep reading. For the land has com committed great harlotry. How have they committed great harlotry? By departing from the Lord. Just as the children of Israel, he's talking about, the land has committed great harlotry. And so immediately, he sets the theme of this entire book. Now, let me highlight some things here. Just as this happens with Hosea, he's showing what is happening with the children of Israel as they are serving false gods. They're worshiping other gods. And the result was not only a moral decay, but a spiritual decay. And Hosea knew she would be unfaithful to him, just like Father God knows will be unfaithful to him. Spiritual adultery and physical adultery are very similar. They are very dangerous. And so what happens is our hearts become hardened to sin. And our relationship to God or our relationship to a spouse is broken. A covenant is broken. And so we divert our objection from, from one object to another. And what ends up happening in this is the process of deterioration. Whether that's in a marriage or a spiritual marriage. There's going to be an impact. And so Hosea's marriage to this unfaithful woman illustrate God's relationship to the unfaithful nation of Israel. So it becomes a mirror. This is a powerful book, I'm telling you. And so because of this adulterous actions, it broke the relationship. So he marries her, and then this covenant gets broken. It's, it's no longer in existence. 
Watch this in chapter 3, verse number 1. Then the Lord said to me, then the Lord said to Hosea, Go again and love a woman who is loved by a lover. Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. Go love her again. Now, how would you like to be Hosea when you hear the word of the Lord say this? So this woman named Gomer, who is his wife, she had a reputation that wasn't good. She was a high risk for not having a lasting relationship because of her immoral lifestyle. So he says, go again. For this woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery. He knows she's committed adultery. Now listen to these words. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. Just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel. Who took other gods and loved the raisin cake of the pagans. You know what that is? They flirted with the world. They loved to act like the world. They loved to party like the world. Now, a great New Testament reference on this is James chapter 4, verse 4. It says, adulterers, plural, and adulterers, plural. Friendship with the world is enmity with God or an enemy with God. I believe this is exactly what he's talking about right here. You can flirt with the world, but it's going to lead to huge consequences. So he goes on to say in verse 2, So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half omers of barley. So he had good reason to get rid of her. But the Lord says, buy her back, and I want you to love her again, and I want you to forgive her again. Now, when I begin to look at the price that it costs to buy her back, in their times, it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a significant amount of money because in the people's eyes, she wasn't worth much. But in God's eyes, she still had value. Now, when I begin to look at this, no matter how far you've fallen, no matter how much sin you've been in, no matter how much you've blown it, God says, I'll buy you back again. God says, I'll redeem you again. I don't know about you. I, I rejoice when I read those things that he says. Buy them back again. I thank you. The Lord never gave up on me. The Lord is very patient with me. The Lord is very long-suffering with me. And this is what this passage is talking about. Now, don't raise your hand here. If you've really blown it this week, 
If you've had the thought, could God even love? God loves you. This is God's mercy, not only toward the nation of Israel. This is his mercy toward me and you. Remember the definition of mercy. I don't get what I deserve. And here is a woman who is notoriously known as a, a harlot. And God says, buy her back again. And I don't care what the word people put on her. She has huge value to me. Verse 4. No, verse 3. And I said to her, he, he says to this woman, Gomer, you shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So too will I be toward you. So he tells her, I welcome you back. But in coming back to the return of my home, it's going to involve incredible discipline. When I look at what this said in there, you know what it literally means? You're going to have to stop sinning. I love you, but this thing that you're doing is causing great harm to our relationship. So he's warning her, you're going to have to sit under the things of God. I want to take care of you. I want to help you. Verse 4. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Now, when I read all that, I thought, man, these three withouts, they're kind of confusing. But the three withouts in this verse are visual, outward expressions of religion. That's all it was. The things you do is a form of religion. You have no relationship with me. You just go through the motions. I, I know about God, but I don't know God. So you know what he's selling? Part of the discipline was, and we got to develop this relationship again. Keep reading. Verse 5. Afterward, afterward, the children of Israel shall return and they will seek the Lord their God and David their king. Why? They shall fear the Lord in his goodness in the latter days. So you know what he's telling them? You're going to have to be feared. You're going to have to live with the fear of God to be startled, to tremble, to stand in awe, to reverence, to be amazed. To be amazed. This was the word right there in this passage. The fear of the Lord. And when I read this again and again and again, it's like God saying, I, I want you to absorb this. I want you to get this on the inside of me. That if you'll learn to live with the fear of God, it'll change the way you live. When you stand in awe of me, when you reverence me, when you look to me and you trust me again and again and again and again. And so I look at all the things that Hosea was told about this woman named Gomer. And he goes back and he tells. 
you're going to have to fear God. You see more and more why this really needs to be taught on? Same, or go, go to Hosea 4, the last chapter here. Now listen to what he says after this. Remember, he just talked about fearing God. Hosea 4, verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. He ends with fear God and he starts the next one with hear the word of the Lord. And we saw that with Moses. We've seen that with Solomon. So to fear God is to honor the word of God, is to live by God's word. And so he goes, hear the word of the Lord. You children of Israel, you people of God, for the Lord brings a charge against the inhabitants of the land. He's filed a charge of disobedience against Israel. Why? There is no truth or mercy or knowledge of God in the land. There's no faithfulness toward God. There's no knowledge toward God. And when I look at this, the word knowledge here, it's not talking about knowledge here. The word knowledge here literally means intimate fellowship. It means understanding who he is. And so the people of Israel, they had rejected the relationship with God. And I can reject the relationship with God. But it will ultimately destroy them. So in verse 2, he's telling me and you some incredible things right now. Now, if I don't want to fear God and I don't want to live with the Word of God, look what happens. And when I begin to read these things, I said out of my mouth, this is the society we live in right now. Keep reading. By swearing and lying, you make these vows to God and you break them. Now listen, listen real closely. Killing and stealing and committing adultery. Keep going. They break all restraint. With bloodshed upon bloodshed. Violence everywhere. One murder right after another. So they've taken the things of God casually. And the commandments that God gave us to govern our relationship with one fellow man are broken again and again. We're to love the Lord thy God and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. So when I read every bit of this, we break that commandment. You cannot watch a newscast. You cannot pick up a paper or anything right now unless you read about death in our society. Over and over and over. Guns aren't the problem, and I'm not trying to build up the National Rifle Association. That's not my goal. People are the problem, it's a heart condition. Now watch real closely what the word of God says. Therefore, the land will mourn. 
This is why your land is in mourning. And you want to hear what it says about this? Man's sin has a detrimental effect on his environment. So literally stated here, the, uh, the created universe, it suffers the consequences of sin. Do you know what's going on in our world right now? This probably won't be popular, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. It's not because of global warming. It's because of global sin. And you can try to do everything you want in the natural. You can't do things in the natural to, to heal a heart. There's only one way to heal a heart. And that's through Father God. Therefore, the land will mourn. Now listen to this. And everyone, and you may want to underline everyone, and everyone who dwells there will waste away with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air. Your lawless behavior has brought about twin judgments is what this is talking about. Increased violence... An ecological crisis is what's going on. You know what I believe a lot of it happened? It's because we don't teach the fear of God anymore. We've backed away from it. We've backed away from the scriptures. You know, on one of the statistics I saw the other day, the reason so many ministers are leaving the gospel is the number one reason is burnout, but the number two reason is we don't feel like we're relevant anymore. Things have changed. The Bible isn't what it used to be. You know what? I, I believe it still is. I believe there's still power in this book. I still believe this book is the way we're supposed to live our life. And so what has happened is we begin to compromise this and we don't teach what the Bible tells us to teach. Now, same chapter, look in verse 6 because this is one of the most confessed scriptures in all of Hosea. You'll know this verse when I begin to read it. Hosea 4, verse 6. My people, my people, the people of God are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Remember, knowledge was an intimate relationship. Knowledge isn't just about a bit. Knowledge is my people are destroyed because they don't have an intimate relationship with me. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me because you have forgotten, ignored the word of God, and I'll also forget your children. Oof. I read this over and over this week and I had to look and I said it's either one of those verses where I say amen or oh me and I've asked the Lord to, to move in my life in an incredible way I said Lord I, I welcome a, a dose of the anointing of the fear of God on my life unlike any other time you know, I'm, I'm not going to back off from this stuff because I believe it's just significant that we hear these things. 
One last passage this morning. Go to Psalm 61. Psalm 61. I tried to warn you this was an interesting one. And I, I saved it here for the end because I believe this is a blueprint of where we're at right now. Don't quit serving God. And what I'm seeing more and more is this thing called a drift. And a drift is just a little bit at a time. Just a little bit of at a time. And I compromise just a little bit here. And, and, and I start making excuses just a little bit at a little time where I don't have to get in the Word of God. I don't have to go to church. I, I just begin to drift. I begin to drift. And I'm seeing this in incredible measure right now. It's unbelievable what you see statistically. But listen what the Lord says here in Psalm 61, verse 1. This was King David, and he said, Hear my cry, O God. Hear my cry, O God. Hear my cry, O God, for my life. Hear my cry, O God, for my children. Hear my cry, O God, for my grandchildren. Attend to my prayer. Bend an ear. L listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I, I will cry out to you. No matter where I'm at, I'm going to cry out to you, Father God. When my heart is overwhelmed, my heart is feeble, my heart is exhausted, my heart is drained. My heart is full of misery for suffering. My heart has no hope anymore. For when my heart is overwhelmed, Lord, lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Jesus is a rock that doesn't roll. Good for the body, great for the soul. He goes on to say, for you have been a shelter, a protection for me. You've been a strong tower from the enemy. I will abide in your tabernacle or in your house forever. And I will trust in the shelter of your wings. I will trust in the divine assistance that you give me. And I say this to bring hope. No matter how bad it gets and no matter how bad it looks, our God still gives divine assistance. Our God will still watch over and protect us. Now watch how he ends, verse number five. For you, O oh God, you've heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. There is some type of heritage that is given only to those who fear his name. Moses feared his name. Joshua feared his name. And at the end of Solomon's life, he came back to fear his name. Hosea lived with the fear of God. That there is some type of heritage and inheritance that only comes from fearing God. And I wish I could tell you every bit of what all that is. But I know the more I stand in awe of God, 
the more I reverence God, there is something that is released, a, a heritage, a treasure. And I believe that heritage and that treasure that is released with the fear of God, it's something that your children will get and your grandchildren will get. And you know, I know there's a lot of different ages in here. But the older I get, the greatest concern in my life is not sporting events. It's this thing called eternity. And every one of us in here, we represent Jesus in one way or another. Am I ashamed of the gospel? Am I ashamed to raise my holy hands to him? I mean, the fear of God is like, I, I, I don't care who's in the room. I, I don't care who's in the restaurant. I don't care who's at the bar. I'm going to fear God. I'm going to live for God. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. But it does mean I'm going to live for him to the best I can. Once you stand up here today. You know, I go back to the beginning how we started. How would you like to be in one of those at Moses' farewell address? He said, you got to teach yourself. You got you to teach your children the things of God. The fear of God, to observe his word carefully. And then the same stuff that Joshua talked about. It was all just the fear of God. going to be remembered for something so does anything that Moses said today does that touch my heart does anything Joshua say does that does that move my heart it moves me these memorial stones we're down the line your kids your grandkids your great-grandkids look and say man he or she was a woman of God they, they fear God but today, have you lost your appetite for God? Have, have you given up hope today? Remember, God has a heritage for those who fear Him. So it's pretty simple today, I believe, when I looked at it all. Do I fear God? Do I desire to obey God? even when it's tough. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.